Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Spiritual Insights with Charlotte Spicer. Spirituality and Metaphysics Talk Radio, featuring a course in miracles, dream interpretation, guided meditation, and the psychic and metaphysics free-for-all. It's your opportunity to consult with a professional psychic medium, discuss past lives, the chakras, and more. We are non-denominational, and there are no limits. Want to change your life? You must first change your mind. 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 No matter your religious structure, cultivate peace in your reality through self-awareness with an authentic spiritual teacher. And now, your host, Charlotte Spicer. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Spiritual Insights. This is a very special segment because I know there are a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs out there who are looking for inspiration and support. And that is one of the foundations of the show. I wanted to certainly discuss spirituality and metaphysics. But being an entrepreneur myself, I wanted to be able to share with others uh, ways to make things happen. And some of them I had to learn the hard way. But recently I met a wonderful woman, and my guest today is Alexandra de la Iglesia. And it's a huge deal, so I want to tell you a little bit about her. For 26 years, Alexandra was the owner and founder of one of Seattle's finest full-service high-end interior and architectural design firms. Her work was photographed for such magazines as Spa, Architectural Digest, Metropolitan, Town and Country, and Traditional Home. Alexandra suddenly found herself sidelined, however. As the mother of a young child and finding herself recovering from cancer, she rediscovered her love of writing and teaching. Affectionately known as Alexandra D., she is now a small business success strategist and educator and the founder of the Small Business Academy. While she offers strategic economic development consulting to municipalities, school district administrators, and corporate executives, her primary passion is for small business owners and entrepreneurs around the globe. Her efforts have been recognized and applauded by congressional leaders, and she even received a presidential note of thanks for her work in shining a light on the needs of small business owners. Alexandra has authored numerous works to help entrepreneurs entitled Choosing Your Destiny, The Princeton Principle, The Small Business Toolkit, and How to Get More Customers and Grow Your Business. Today, she'll demonstrate how listening to your intuition can help you choose your destiny and create success in all areas of life. Be sure to have a pen and paper ready because this will be something of a mini workshop that will excite the entrepreneur in you. If you wish to visit her website while you're listening, go to alexandrad.com, and it's spelled a little differently. It's spelled A-L-E-X-Z as in zebra, A-N-D-R-A, capital D, dot com. So that's Alexandra with a, a Z, alexandrad.com. And we're going to talk a while, but feel free to call in with your questions if you are an entrepreneur or would like to be. She will be happy to answer your questions for you. In the meantime, enjoy our discussion about all of these wonderful tools that you can use to help you get started and help you continue. Alexandra, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you with us. Thank you, Charlotte. I appreciate it. It's so nice to be here. 
Mm. Well, I always like to start in the beginning. As we know, for 26 years, you were a very successful interior designer. What was the segue? I know it was cancer. Tell us about that experience of going from one successful career to the one you're in now. Well, it's uh, it's a bit of a long story, but I'm going to make it as short as possible. I, I did. I was not feeling well, and a, a friend and neighbor suggested that I go in for a checkup, and sure enough, it turned out that I had cancer. And um, after going through that whole experience, which lasted for a couple of years, it left me with um, uh, drastically reduced, shall we say, energy level. And so I needed to look for a different type of career that was not as um, energy-consuming and as stressful as being an interior and an architectural designer is. Uh, you know, I was no longer able to put in the 16-hour days that I normally was or carry the stress load that is normal for that kind of work. And so I had to find a new career find a new path in my life. And this is definitely where listening to your inner voice, just getting calm and centered and and listening for what that next step, it played a huge role, at least in my life. Mm. So you basically rediscovered your love of writing. And had you taught before and decided that this new venture could become a business for you? It, it, it did, and in a very strange way, life tends to kind of unfold things as you're supposed to go, I think. And uh, I had loved writing ever since I was just a child, actually. Um, I had, it just was something that I always enjoyed, but I never thought about it as a career. Mm-hmm. And I had done teaching periodically, given seminars, um, you know, throughout trying to teach people. And then I just had a lot of younger entrepreneurs, people who were starting out in the interior design business, approaching me and asking me questions about how to get started and how to run their business and how to grow their business. And it was then that I realized that this was something that I could do. I had done it, and now I could teach others how to do it successfully. Mm. So you took the knowledge that you had, combined it with your love of writing, and you already had found your voice for speaking and helping others. So you just combined them and off it went, right? Exactly. That's exactly right. Beautiful. So with the, which, what strikes me as interesting is you had a very successful business for more than a quarter of a century Correct. as an interior and architectural designer. But then when you found you had the cancer, afterwards you basically had to redesign your life from the inside out, and that strikes me as very profound. Did it feel that way to you at the time? It was extremely profound. I I like to say that cancer turned my life right side up because it completely reorganized almost every aspect of my life. Certain things became, uh, priorities in particular, became very, very focused and, and very clear. What was important before really wasn't anymore, and things that should have been important all along were now my top priorities. And um, it put me on a life of health and well-being and spirituality that maybe I had never really experienced at the depth that I do now. And um, just gave me more purpose, I think, in general. And, and what do you feel the connection for you, as, as you would describe it, what is the connection between spirituality and business? 
Well, there, you know, it can come on several different levels, and it, I think um, let me just speak from personal, and then I'll speak more on in a general business practice. For okay. me personally, it was uh, developing this new business and this new way of of making a living was very self fulfilling. I found it to be hugely more value because sometimes as an interior designer. I worked primarily with high-end clients, and some of their requests were, mm, how, shall I say, excessive. <laughs> and okay. I got to the point sometimes that I didn't find my job very satisfying or fulfilling. I, I found it to be almost frivolous and, and unimportant. Um, you know, it, I mean, it's important to create a nice home for someone, but things oftentimes would be taken to a whole new level. <laughs> where you're kind of scratching your head and going, really? <laughs> and mm-hmm. so um, I, for me personally, this is much more fulfilling where I'm empowering people to change their lives. I'm empowering them with the knowledge and expertise that will catapult them you know, decades ahead of where I was, taking everything that I've learned by my own experience and what I've you know, learned from some of the greats and, and putting that all together and just helping them just jumpstart their business in a tremendously accelerated rate uh, and, and doing it in a way that ensures their success to a greater extent than what they would have if they just tried to do it on their own. Now, that's for me personally. In a more practical, general business platform, I have a very strong philosophy as far as your place in your community. When you have a business you are not an entity unto yourself. You are part of your community. Even if you're a home-based business, your community might be the Internet, it might be the globe, it might be their state, it might still even be your city. But it's important that you have a sense of integrity and that you take your business practices to a much higher level. And that's really the core of what I teach is a, a way of doing business that will make you and your business a positive contribution to your community. Mm. That's powerful. I understand what you're saying, Hal, with those high-end clients and all of the excessive requests and it not being satisfying. Certainly from a career standpoint, you can look back and say, job well done. But I think what we're all looking for is to feel a sense of satisfaction from soul level. Correct. And and that's where you manage to blend the two. I also want to mention a lot of us, and I think this is a block for many. I know it was a block for me. Um, I tend to romanticize things, at least when I was a kid I did. And I think I had what, what is termed as starving artist syndrome, where you have a passion for something or a creative idea or a talent, and you feel that in order to pursue that talent, you have to sacrifice or starve. And it takes a lot of inner work, I think, to realize that, no, it's your right as a human being to do what you love and be prosperous at it. Did that tie into any part of what you were doing? Um, I don't know that it necessarily tied in specifically, and I don't think I actually became aware of that until later in the, my new career. Um, but what I can tell you now is what I teach to the new people who are just starting the business maybe for the first time or transitioning into a business of their own, mm-hmm. that 
it's actually important that you're successful. Uh, a friend of mine puts it this way, you have to be able to fund the message. And if you're not funding the message, you won't be able to continue the message. And so if you're starting a business of your own, you need to be successful in order to continue that business. Now, one of the benefits of a small business owner is they generate so many jobs just by having their own company, whether that's suppliers to their company, you know, the resources that they purchase from in order to fulfill their business in whatever format that might be. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's vitally important to our economy that you as a business owner are successful. And because more and more people are now transitioning, and particularly women, we're seeing a, a large segment of the global population, not just in the United States, but really the, from my my cohorts, if you will, other people mm-hmm. in other countries who do what I do, we're all seeing the same thing. Women between the ages of approximately 35 to 55 are really in mass moving into the business arena by opening up their own businesses. And this is going to have such a tremendously positive impact on our global economy. Mm. <clears throat> you can see it because success for one is success for all in exactly. most cases. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. As long as you come from a creative point of view and not a competitive point of view. Um, I I can tell you that the most successful businesses don't really worry about what their competitor, or or as I prefer to call it, other people in their industry, what they're doing, as long as you're looking at them and saying, okay, how can I do it better? Not because you want to put them out of business, just because you want to raise the level of your performance. Okay. I like to call it compete, if you will, but do it with a little elegance. Absolutely, but it's more, uh, to me, it's more product creativity. It's how can you, um, how can you out-service, how can you out-produce, how can you out-create the others in your industry? So okay. in other words, what you're focusing on is not outperforming others in, in the way of just you know, competing for their same market, but how can you elevate what it is that you're doing mm-hmm. to grow your own customer base? Right. And certainly not as an as an attack on another business because we we should I think we should all support each other and exactly. share and support because when you support others you support yourself. Absolutely. Creativity plays just such a huge role in your business success. And sometimes you do run into situations where you feel outnumbered or outpowered and you have to get creative maybe in how you deal with the situation. If you have a moment, if we have just a moment, I'd like to tell just a funny story that illustrates exactly what I'm talking about. Sure. Um, Mm -hmm. There was a small business owner. He lived in a more rural town, if you will, and his family had owned this almost like a general store for multiple generations, and now he owned the store himself and was operating it. And one of those large retail chains, we won't go into names, but it no. sounds like cart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, they, they came in and they wanted to bid uh, on his establishment. They had purchased property on both sides and behind him and needed his property where his business was and they were going to tear it down and build this new building that, for their company. 
Uh-huh. He really didn't want to sell that. And so they, you know, they were very nice. They made their offer and um he rejected their offer but thanked them for it and they left his place of business. And as they were leaving, one of the gentlemen turned around and said, you need to understand that we're still going to do this, even if we have to build all around you. And then he walked out the door. Well, sure enough, Uh that's exactly what happened. They built a U-shaped building. It went on either side and behind him. And it was quite large. And opening day came, and there were large opening doors on either side of his his particular building, uh-huh. for this new company, and they had big banners over each door, and on the door on the left, it said grand, and on the door of the right, it said opening. And okay. here was his little store <laughs> kind of in the middle of all this. So the day that that was supposed to happen, he arrived early, and as he was parking his car, he saw all of this, and he just stood there for a moment, and then he got back in his car and he left. Well, inside this big building there was hustle and bustle and everybody was getting ready for the opening day and he could the manager couldn't figure out what was going on because they'd opened the doors and there was no customers so he walked out to the parking lot and sure enough the parking lot was full to the brim full Mm -hmm. but there was no customers inside his store and he couldn't figure out what was going on and he walked around the parking lot and then as he was coming back he saw what the problem was what was it? So here his, if on in front of his building was the two signs that said grand and opening, and in the middle across the front door of this small business owner's business was a large banner that he had gone and put up that morning that said main entrance. So everyone was funneling into this grand opening, into the main entrance, into his building, and his business was brimming. Oh, my goodness. Interesting. So it's it's all a matter of being creative, not competitive. You can take even adverse situations and be take a creative mindset and turn mm-hmm. it around. Yes, and that's true in all areas of life is how do you take a step back and say, okay, what's the way around this or exactly. through it or over it? Okay, well... Um, I, you had mentioned, you know, when people are in the same industry, there you may have more challenges than another business owner. You may have less funding than another. But like these, these people come and build this huge building. This guy's a small business owner. He worked hard enough to get a piece of property and put a structure and have that structure on there. But some people have less funding, and we need to find more creative ways to get that base funding to really make a go at what we want to do. Absolutely. Um, one of the, the things that I'm, I feel very, very strongly about, especially in just given that we've come out of the recession that we've come out of, people are in the financial conditions that they are, and, and oftentimes people who are starting businesses, especially right now, it's so important that you do not take on any debt whatsoever. You will see you know, like people who want to invest or loan money to small business owners. There's government loans that are available out there. Banks will loan money to sometimes to minority-owned businesses or women-owned businesses, and I am strongly encouraging you not to do that. I want to give you some alternatives, though. There are, def- you know, there's always the opportunity for crowdfunding, and that's 
a good way to go if you need smaller amounts of cash. But actually what I would I think is much more profitable is to create your own source of revenue by creating an event or something that builds your brand. I, I'll give you a quick, quick information, but if you want more step-by-step guidance, I have a free video series on my web, website. Just go to alexandrad.com and sign up for a free series, and it will actually walk you through exactly how to do this. And it gives you a case study of a gentleman who is just outside of San Jose, California. He called me in absolute desperation because he was about ready to lose not only his business but his home. Uh, he had mortgaged himself to the hilt trying to fund his business, which was cardinal sin. He racked up credit card debt, which again is cardinal sin. But you would be surprised at how many entrepreneurs will do that to fund their business. And you just, please, please, please do not do this. Do not take on personal debt. Do not use your own assets to fund your business. It's just disastrous. So I walked him through some steps, and we were able to turn his business around really almost overnight. It was a three-week process, taking him from being deeply in debt to lifting his business up and creating a kind of an event that got the notoriety of the local press and built his brand almost overnight. So where he was has a business where no one was talking about him. Now he, no, everyone was talking about him. And that's wow. something that you can do. And he absolutely spent nothing, nothing to get this done. Okay. And in the well, process, he mm-hmm. built a relationship with another local business owner in his community that helped supported his business. And he mm-hmm. was able to lift up this other business in the process, and it had a chain reaction within the community. It was amazing to watch. Absolutely. I can imagine because I've, I've spoken on the show how um, I have a lot of authors and I tell all of the authors I have on my show, support each other because when you support someone else's book, because it happened. I have uh, two authors where they lived in close proximity to each other and I, I introduced them and they met for lunch, and the one said, well, give me 12 copies of your book, and I'll sell it where I sell mine. And the minute he did that, his own book took off. But you're listening to a radio show on spirituality and metaphysics, so I have to go here. That is the law of energy. It is circular. So we've all heard, as you give, you receive, because what you offer others is what you're offering yourself. If you offer another business jealousy or wish Um, that they go out of business, that's coming right back to you. But if you wish them success and you success, there is enough for everybody. And this is the law. This is the way it happens. And it is glorious to watch it happen. I would hope that's not the only time you got to see that. No, I see it repeatedly. And that's, again, kind of just going back just briefly. Rather than taking a competitive mindset, taking a creative mindset, being a positive uh, asset to your community, having that mental outlook of ex- just providing ex- excellent customer service, taking that much higher plane of doing business is absolutely essential in today's market. It, it, yeah. You do need to have a spiritual aspect to the way that you perform your daily tasks, how you interact with your community, how you interact with your customers, how you interact with others in your industry you need to take that to a whole new level. And build those relationships. 
and build those relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's, I've always believed in that, no matter what industry I've been in, and I've been in many. Insurance, I ran a hotel, I've done a lot of things. It was always the relationships that made it a success and or made a business take off the way it did. And it was a really, um, it was a wonderful experience because, of course, it's, it's not like it was in the 60s and 70s where your word is a handshake. Um, things have changed. And now people have, I think, and a need for that personal interaction. Um, there Absolutely. is a convenience factor, of course, but with the technology that we all have, all have, we should be able to provide that. But to build that relationship and have someone know that you actually care about them and that your product or your service or whether you consult like me or, or whatever you do, that this helps them improve their lives. This is what people need. And I think there is lots of business to be had. And I think anybody listening, if you have a creative idea, that is like a, a bolt of lightning coming to you from the universe, God, the ether, however you want to put it. But take that idea, listen to Alexandra, and see how you can make it happen. Just make it manifest. Um, I want to – you had said um, there's got to be that spiritual aspect. Do you feel how – do I, how do I want to – How is a business plan a significantly spiritual tool for my success? This is, I love that question. This is actually such a a personal aspect for the business owner themselves because I take um, an unusual approach to the business plan. Your business plan doesn't necessarily have to be this long, involved packet of a million questions and graphs and forms and you know, the arduous task that it used to be, it can be one page. But what it is is a roadmap from where you are to where you want to be. What is your dream for your life? What is your dream for your business? The, the business plan is actually that roadmap to get you there. And so very simply, all you need to do is, is take some time, meditate if you need to, just get some quiet place and just think, where is it that I want to go? What would my life look like? What would my business look like? Would I be at a home-based business? Would I be you know, in an office? Would I be in a, a traditional brick-and-mortar building? Would I have employees? What would my customers look like? What products would I sell? What services would I offer? What does that dream look like in your mind? And, and get as as vivid detail as possible. I mean, I want to know what the floors look like. I want to know what paintings are hanging on your walls. I want to know mm-hmm. how you're displaying your product. You know, and and get as, as detailed as you possibly can. Then begin to reverse engineer that all the mm-hmm. way down to the point where you are at this moment. That is your business plan. That is your roadmap to success. I love the way you say reverse engineer that because a lot of people say, then go do it backwards. (laughs) And I like reverse engineer. So you want to get that big picture with all the details, cram it all in, visualize it, feel it. I want want people to know that you have to feel it. What does does it smell like? What does it feel like? Um, Sensation that you can actually visualize and embrace 
brings it that much closer to you. And then when you reverse engineer it, do you say, okay, well, then I will need a building, you know, as you, let's just say a basic, a bicycle shop. Okay, I'm going to need a building. I'm going to need suppliers for bicycles and parts. I'm going to need a cash register, um, funding, um, advertising. Is that how you go? Well, let's let's take that same scenario. Let's say you wanted to open up a bicycle shop. That, this is your dream. You have, are passionate about bicycle riding, and so you see yourself in this bicycle shop. You want to go and look at the location of where that bicycle shop is. So now you need to figure out, okay, do I need to lease it or do I need to own that building? If I am going to own that building, how much money is it going to cost me to get to buy that building? And then... How much, is, how much is it going to cost me for stock? How much is it going to cost me for parts? How much is it going to cost me for uh, you know, operating that business? Okay, right. so how do I go and how do I create the revenue so that I can go and buy that building? What do I need to do to get to that point? Okay, this is how much money I'm going to need. Um, what resources can I create that will get me to that point, that will generate the money that I need so that I can go and buy that building, so I can go and buy that stock, so I can go and have this dream. Huh. Okay. I'm writing this down as fast as I can. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm pretty sure everybody else is too. So I'm going to try to echo the thoughts of the listeners in the questions that I ask you about this process. Okay, so then do you need an alternative idea to help you create the revenue, or is that back to creating an event? You can certainly create an event, but... Uh, please understand that this business plan is always subject to change because as the life events change, your path might change, opportunities may come along, and so it is a plan. It is not carved in stone. Um, Let's say, I'm trying to think of a a really good example. Uh Well, let me use myself as an example. So I discovered that I could no longer do my business and I had to close down my company, my interior and architectural design company. And I had to start out this new career. So what was, I had to take some time to figure out what that was going to be. When I decided to become an author, I thought that would be great, but I don't know about publishing. And I don't know about writing a book commercially. So I had to go and figure out what it was I wanted to do. Did I want to become a published author? Well, yes. So how do I do that? How do I become a published author? Well, I needed to find about to learn about the publishing industry, and then I also needed to learn about if I wanted to publish myself or if I wanted to go with a traditional publisher. I needed to learn about the aspects of that. And then once I learned that, then I started to, to actually do that. I started to learn how to write the query letters to the publishers and to put together book proposals. So do you see how the process works? You yes. find your dream, you you figure out what it's going to take to make that dream happen, and then you begin the process of executing the pro- what it is going to take to make that dream come true for you. Mm-hmm. You have to do your research. You have you have to do your research, but and that's part of the planning part. <laughs> that's you know understanding what it's going to take for you to successfully achieve your dream. Hmm. Okay. Well, you mentioned you in your example, which is beautiful, and being an author and how you set up about to do that, and you made it happen. 
successfully, you have four titles. You have Choosing Your Destiny, The Princeton Principle, The Small Business Toolkit, and How to Get More Customers and Grow Your Business. Can you tell us a little bit about each one, one at a time, starting with Choosing Your Destiny? Sure. Choosing Your Destiny is really just the things that I learned coming out of cancer treatment and redeveloping my life all of the it, it, it is very spiritual in in many aspects of it but it is also very scientifically based because I'm a very practical minded person mm-hmm. but what I have what I discovered was that even though I come from a religious traditional religious background that the science world and the religious world are not separate that they are actually intrinsically intertwined that science is nothing more than proof of the divine in my opinion, and it is a roadmap, if you will, of how to get to the life that you've always wanted to have. If you're not happy of where you're at, you're not stuck there. It's not that you only have one way of doing things or you only have, you're only going to be an interior designer for your entire life. You know, things happen, life changes, and Mm -hmm. you can choose different paths we have been given as as creatures of this earth we have been given the divine gift if you will of free will of choice and you can choose the path that you want to take to get to the place where you are happy in the life that you want to have so you don't feel that we're predestined to be successful at one thing or unsuccessful at another we can choose our destiny you can choose your destiny. Now, you are definitely given gifts. You know, it's like um, you, you have the right, but you've been given a certain set of tools. Now, just because you don't naturally have those tools doesn't mean that you can't go out and develop those tools to create the life that you want, whatever works right. for you at that moment. Okay. This means you have to work harder. <laughs> well, do you feel um, with regard to... Um, blending that spiritual and and business together, Um, that being positive, um, we all have heard the you have to adopt an attitude of gratitude, you want to reduce stress and worry to the smallest extent possible. Um, What role do you think these play in getting it off the ground, getting your branding, marketing your business? How would you weave that together? Oh, okay. Well, it's, it has to do with business practices, at least in my mind, you know, on a very mundane, fundamental basis. It has to do with how you actually operate your business on a day-to-day basis, how you personally function. You have to have a mindset of abundance, and, <clears throat> and this goes back to what I was talking to, to you about before as far as creative as, as opposed to competitive. Mm-hmm. If you operate from a mindset of abundance, you will – look at an obstacle and you will say, okay, how can I create the revenue that I need? How can I create something that my customers will absolutely love and that will generate the revenue that I need to get me from the place where I am to the place where I want to be financially? Uh Um, And then when those things come along and you are getting to the places where you are financially abundant, it is very important to show your gratitude not only to the divine, but to your community and to give back to your community. 
and be a meaningful, positive contribution to those that you live with. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you, what role do you feel intuition plays in building and running a business? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think it's absolutely vital. And it, I mean, I cannot tell you the countless stories, not only from myself personally, but other entrepreneurs who absolutely rely on their intuition. And if you're not well-versed in listening to your intuition, just start listening to those little hunches, those little gut checks, if you will. And as you begin to follow them, it will become more easily recognized, I guess, and and you will become more attuned to that. Mm -hmm. Almost always your instincts, which I personally believe is your energy tied into the universal energy, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, It will save you from so much heartache. It will save Uh you from financial disasters. It will save you from making mistakes that are either costly to you or to others. It's just, it's absolutely imperative. And sometimes you'll get these instincts, you'll get this intuition, you'll get this gut check, if you will, um, kind of a, a nudge or push that you should do something. And it may not necessarily make sense to you, but it's persistent nagging. And you need to yeah. listen to that and do it anyway, <laughs> even if it doesn't make sense to you, because it will in the end. I And this is what I talk about on the show all the time, no matter the topic, is about you know synchronicities, following your intuition. And when you do follow it and you're open to the universe guiding you, it, things fall into place so easily, it's astonishing. It truly is. And I've told the story about how I started the show. I just said yes. And it took on a life of its own. And now I'm trying to keep up with everything I'm doing. It just works that way. And when you're in alignment, spiritually, on all levels, mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, when you get that alignment going, you can achieve anything. You really can. Can you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Well, one weird question, what if, okay, because intuition is my business. I'm a psychic medium. Um, I I consult on a variety of services. I have the show. I'm featuring all all these wonderful people, and yet there's the business side of it. Um, If I were to grow and grow and and say it becomes a a large business where we are holding events and I get the spiritual center that I want, let's use that, for instance, I would want to populate my business with people of like mind, and I would want them to be spiritual like me. I would want them to be into metaphysics like me, not kind of have this sour face of, oh, well, that's your thing. But what if, um, what if you find somebody who doesn't have a strong hold on spirituality? Like, what if your employees are not spiritual? Is there something you can do about that, or would that be like a discrimination thing? Well, I think you're almost talking about two different things here. One is you're talking about, you mentioned your spiritual center and you wanted to have customers who were basically in alignment with you. And that's your target market. Uh, that is your, your ideal customer, if you will. And so there's, I want to address both of those and then also your employees because they, your employees play a huge role in your success of your business because they're on the front lines. So... Let's say you have your spiritual center and you have employees. You've gotten big enough that you have employees. But maybe they're working for you, but they don't necessarily buy in 
to, if you will, to um, your philosophies or your uh, your personal beliefs, but they're there because they need a job. Right. Well, this if it would be unlikely that you have more than a few or even just one. It might be you just have one employee. You have several options here. If they're doing their job, performing well, you can keep them there, but it, it, you always have the option of releasing them. And I, even though the economy has been difficult, it is absolutely important that you have people who are congruent with your business working for you because it affects your relationship with your customer base. And there is absolutely nothing more important to the success of your business and the longevity of your business and keeping your other employees with paychecks than the relationship with your customers. And so if they are not fulfilling that one particular aspect, please wish them well and send them on their way. It is absolutely essential. Now, it can be, and I love this idea, a, a atmosphere within your company that is spiritual so that your business practices, the expectation, the performance of of everyone, including you, and including the your managerial staff as well as your front desk employees, if you will, that there's a certain expectation of conduct and the way that your business is, is performed throughout the day mm-hmm. where it creates an atmosphere of spirituality. It becomes the culture of your business, and that right. just naturally assimilates. Hmm. Now, if you go back to your target market, your customer base, the key to reaching the kind of customers that are congruent with your particular kind of business, whether it's a, a spiritual-based business, a brick-and-mortar, an online business, a, a home-based business, mm-hmm. you know, a traveling service, whatever your business is, Here's the key. This is and this is something you definitely want to write down. Yeah. If you create if you well, first of all, if you're cre- if you're generating a conversation with your customer base and you're listening to what it is that they're saying, you will know the kind of products and services that they're asking for. If you provide them with the products and services that they're asking for, not only will you increase sales, but you will create raging fans of your customer base, which means you will attract to you more of the same kind of customers. Absolutely. Does that make sense? I know that that's makes, a lot there. No, it makes perfect sense. It, it Everything makes perfect sense, especially with the customers. I, I was asking about the employees, but I love the, the angle with the customers as well and, and getting those those conversations started and really tuning in. I just connect. I, I like to connect with people heart and mind and fulfill their needs. And I've had great successes in my career in various industries. What I want to do, Alexandra, is take a break. And when we come back, I want to talk about the other three books that you authored, okay? Absolutely. All right. Don't go away, everybody. We'll be right back right after these messages. We're going to talk a little bit more about the books, and then we're going to take some calls. Don't go away. The odds of a young girl being discovered by an industry insider while singing to herself pumping gas? One in 300 million. The odds of the daughter of a clergyman from Severn, Maryland, spending 11 weeks at number one on the U.S. singles charts? One in 19 million. 
the odds of going on to win six Grammy Awards? One and 1.4 million. The odds of selling over 40 million records? One and 800,000. The odds of this musician and performer having a child diagnosed with autism? One in 88. I'm Tony Braxton, and I encourage you to learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Autism Speaks. It's time to listen. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. All right, everybody, and we are here with Alexandra de la Iglesia, affectionately known as Alexandra D. And if you're going to the website, it's alexandrad.com, but you have to spell it correctly, and that is A-L-E-X-Z, as in zebra, A-N-D-R-A-D.com. So go ahead and check it out. She has a special offer to tell everyone about, and we'll get to that in a moment. I want to learn some more about these awesome books that she has authored to help us, the entrepreneurs, the small business owners, to be successful and live the life we were born to create. So, Alexandra, um, the Princeton Principle, tell us a little bit about that. Well, the Princeton Principle and actually the Small Business Toolkit are work in tandem. The Princeton Principle is an in-depth look at business practices, the ones that work best, that will generate the greatest results, that will catapult you into the higher level of success. And it walks you through step-by-step exactly how to do all of those things. So the things that we discussed in the Princeton Principle are, are give you actionable steps and actionable tools in the toolkit. So you learn about what you need to do, and then I give you the tools to actually do it in the toolkit. Okay. Well, that toolkit sounds like a lot of fun. It is, and it starts, I mean, at the, if you're starting out as a business owner for the very first time, one of the first things I did is I gave you a checklist of everything that you need to do exactly in the order that you need to do it so that you keep yourself organized. One of the things I hear about so often, is especially new entrepreneurs or people who are starting a new business, they get overwhelmed, and they don't know what they should do next. And this mm. will keep you organized, and you just go down the list <laughs> and check it off, and okay. beyond that list are all the things that you need to do to accomplish all the items on that list, and it walks you through step-by-step. Step. It's literally fill in the blank. You fill in the blanks, and when you get done, you have the thing that you need. Could you possibly have made it easier for everyone? <laughs> I can, actually. <laughs> I can. Um, I have a free video series that walks you through many of the things that we've talked about today gives you real-life examples, and then gives you step-by-step actions that you can take. Uh, it is a series of multiple videos that comes right to your email box. And if you just fill in your, um, your email address at the, on the homepage of alexandrad.com, those will be sent right to you. You get one every few days. There's nothing there to buy. This is just to help lift you up and get you going. Huh. That was a great answer, Alexandra, because I was just being a wise guy. You you said, just fill in the blanks. Okay, it's like a no-brainer, fantastic offer. I will certainly partake of that. And how about how to get more customers and grow your business? How do you help there? Yes, absolutely. This is an e-book that I wrote, and it's very simple. It's available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble as well. 
but it was one of the most popular questions, and I kept getting it over and over and over. I also have a blog on alexanderd.com, and you can sign up for that as well, where you get it sent right to your inbox. Could not be easier. But each week I, I take the questions that I get the most often, and I provide you with step-by-step actionable uh, information that you can take to help your business. And I kept getting this one over and over and over. And so I thought, okay, I need to get some uh, more in-depth information rather than just a blog post. And I wrote this ebook and oh my goodness, it has just sold like hotcakes. But it's everything that I could possibly put into that book to, to help you really just launch your business, get it up and get it going, grow your customer base, and get yourself to the next level. Okay. Wow. Um, and I know you have a public speaking down. Do you have workshops on the horizon? I don't have workshops per se, but, but what I do have is we're going to be opening up the Small Business Academy, and it is a membership site. And this is so different. There are many, many sites out there that offer great information and great tools, but this is just a little bit different. Uh, I don't know how many people have looked on the Internet. There are lots of courses that you can take, but it's hard to get the information you need at the moment right at your fingertips. And one of the things that almost all business owners will tell you is they have a lot of everything except time, and they need the information right now. And so this is actually geared topic-specific. There's videos in there that walk you through whatever you need. So if you've got a question on marketing, you've got a question on a business plan, or you've got a question on employees, or whatever it might be, how to structure your business if you're just starting out, you can go to that video library, look at that particular video, and then... There are actionable tools, again, fill in the blank, helps you get done exactly what you need done at that moment. You can come back six months later and you've got another problem, something else you need information on. You go in, you look at that specific information, get what you need, get the tools that you need, and there you go. Mm. We're going to be releasing that very soon. Very, very soon. Anybody who signs up for the videos, as soon as we open up the Small Business Academy, you'll get a notification and you'll be able to take a look at it. Terrific. I, everybody do this. This is fantastic. We are running a little short on time, and I want to get to at least one call. Is that okay? okay. All Absolutely. right. Area, area code 210, bring you live on the air. Hi. Hello. You're on Spiritual Insights. Hi. How are you? What's your name? Um, I... I'm calling from Texas. My name is Pearl. Hi, Pearl from Texas. Thank you so much for tuning in. What is your question for Alexandra? Well, I've kind of done the reverse of what she did. I had, I'm had i a two-time breast cancer survivor, and then I went back and got um, uh, interior design training, and now I'm just now going out into the work field. <laughs> so, but I wow. am concerned. <laughs> So, but I think she's correct about the energy level and what it takes. But um, I've actually received an offer to start working on model homes um, and kind of being their spec person to pick out their models. Um, and I just kind of, I really don't have a goal in mind uh, about what I wanted to do. I took a leap of faith um, after a lot of thought and, and um, decided that I'd go this direction because I've always been thinking about it. So I was just going to see what what um, she recommends for me at this point, since she has so much background knowledge. <laughs> yes, Alexandra, it's all yours. Okay, well, 
Pearl, first of all, I wanted to say congratulations for your health and your survival. I think that's amazing, and you've done it twice, so that shows that you're really tenacious, and I have no doubt that you can be successful in your business if you already have that attribute going for you. So tell me specifically, if you can, now that you're doing these model homes, which is a great place to start, what is it that I can help you with specifically? I, I don't really I don't really know where I want to go. Um, I'm sitting on an offer from a person to do this today, um, mm-hmm. and I don't think that it take. I think it takes more like 15 to 20 hours uh, to do this. And I think when you're just starting out, you're so eager to take something to kind of get experience that you often get into something and you may not be able to fully see um, the perimeters of it. And that's kind of what I'm sensing. So I'm sensing that I can feel there's a problem, but I don't know where it is because you were saying follow your intuition. Uh-huh. But I don't, I don't really know where the problem is. I know okay. that it's. Uh, but so, what do you do when you have that that feeling? And I really don't want to stay picking out, you know, products for new homes. I want to grow into other areas, but I don't know where I want to go yet. Okay. So, two things that come to mind immediately. Well, actually, there's three things. If you're needing to generate income, and almost all businesses are, you need to be able to be working. And once you're working, you can kind of use wherever you're at at the moment to to kind of leapfrog, if you will, to the next place. So my personal, if if I were in your personal situation, what I would do is I would go ahead and take the job, but I would you um, definitely have a contract that would allow me to exit. So you need an exit plan. If you're getting into this and you find that it's not what you thought it was going to be, you need a way to gracefully you know, let yourself out of it that's mutually agreeable to both you and the party that you're working for, whoever your client is. Does that okay. help a little bit? Yes. Um, so if you, yes. if you need more specific help, please go ahead and, and uh, feel free to contact me. I'm you know, I'm on Facebook, and you can reach out to me there. I'm on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, any of the social medias, go ahead, please go ahead and reach out to me, and I'm happy to contact you, and we can go into this more in depth. But I think you definitely want to have a contract. You want to have some stipulations and parameters of what you're willing to do, have it in writing, so that the person that you're potentially working with has a clear understanding of what services you'll provide, what you won't. Yeah, and I don't know that I know everything to put in something like that. You okay. know, until you, until you really get into it, until you have the experience, you don't really know. You know what you're willing to do, but you really don't know what you shouldn't be doing. You know what I Is mean? Is this your first contract? Yes. Okay. 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 I completely understand. So the nerves that you have, do you think, is it just more of an instinctual thing that you don't think this is uh, on the up and up? Do you think that you're going to get caught into something that you don't want to? Um, or is it you're I just unsure of how to handle it? A little bit of each of those. I um, I don't know if it's the right spot for me, but it's a okay. good, like you were saying, it's nice, it's nice to have something to leap off into rather than have nothing at all. Because it's easier to get a job after, when you have a job than it is to get a job when you don't have a job. Right, um, and you need to employable. build your platform. Right. You, you so, definitely need to build your platform. But I wouldn't know what, what not to put in a contract because I haven't had enough experience yet. So. <laughs> okay, so go ahead and, uh, yeah, this it's more than what we can discuss here. Please right. go ahead and contact me. I will be happy to sit down with you. Okay. Can okay, I wonderful. add something? Sure. Yeah. 
I have to go with the psychic thing and the intuition. And we were saying trust your intuition. So what I would say, Pearl, if you're open to the suggestion, is ask. Ask for a sign. Ask for a dream. That would give you, I, I hear what you're saying, like you don't really know where you want to go. But ask for a dream or a sign that says what would really ignite that passion and really bring joy to my soul. What, where can I meet up with that? And see what you get and always be open. And then you may get an instinct, I think I need to go into this building. I don't know why. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. You might walk up to those, I'm looking at like an elevator and you know those things they put up that tell you each office on each floor and what they do? Directory? Yeah, a directory thing in the glass. And what if what if you get a feeling like a nudge, like I think I need to go into this building, I don't know why. Okay, well, I'll just follow. So you go, and then, okay, not much here. Here's an elevator. Here's a marquee. And then you see a design firm in the lineup. It's as simple as that, such as um, listening to that instinct, not pushing it away with their intellectual mind, like, well, that doesn't make sense. But putting one foot in front of the other and letting it lead you to the next thing to the next thing. And when you look back, you'll see that all the dots connected and you will find your passion. But taking that first step and then with Alexandra's guidance, I think you have a terrific career ahead of you. Okay. Well, this whole, thing has been a leap of, this whole thing has been a leap of faith. That was the hardest part about it. From here, it's smooth sailing if you are open and trust your guidance and go and do the research we were talking about earlier, which is where Alexandra comes in for you. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much, ladies. Thank you so You're much. Welcome. Thank You're you welcome. You're so welcome for tuning in. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I totally loved your answer. That was fantastic. Well, you know, bless her heart, guys, she's she's doing what so many women are doing now, that they're stepping out into the workforce, stepping out into owning their own company. But sometimes, as Pearl is, is discovering, you know, you don't know which direction to turn, and that's definitely what people like myself are here for. We've been there. We've done that. We've made mistakes. I mean, let me just give you a for instance. Okay. I, I chuckled a little bit when she told me that this was her first contract because I remembered my first contract. So well, she's you still have, listening, so you can you can actually <laughs> phrase that in a dual way where she, you're still talking to her. Okay. Well, this is this was you know it's funny now it wasn't at the time, <laughs> but I I got out of college a little bit early um, and started my own company, um, and because I thought I was so smart and knew everything, which we all do at 20 years old. Yes, we um, do. I I took on this contract that was just huge, and I just knew everything, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> please understand that this was the mid-1980s, and it was right at just before the interest rates skyrocketed and the economy tanked. <laughs> and so I just thought I was the bee's knees. I took on this contract. It was worth multiple millions of dollars. I oh. was going to be set for life. <laughs> everything was wonderful. And it wasn't. And what happened was is I had no business taking on this contract. Um, the company that I, um, had hired me to, it was a large marina and a large condominium project, and it was one of the most prestigious things. I got awarded the contract. I uh, went to the bank and, and borrowed a large sum of money to fund my end because there's always like a 30-day pay period. So 
I bill out, it's 30 days until I get the money. And it was multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars for, you know, different things that I needed for all these condominiums and for the marinas and some of the yachts. And Okay. I was on the hook <laughs> big time. Literally. <laughs> oh, no. On the hook big time. And um, one day I got a call from this the owners of this project telling me that they had just filed for bankruptcy. <gasps> and and I lost everything. Oh my God. And I lost everything. I lost everything. Here's my question. Who offers a contract like that to a 20-year-old? No offense. I know you knew everything. At the time, I was 16, you were 20, and I knew everything too. But that was an ambitious thing to do. To I mean, I know you present well, but that was a big chance. That was a big gamble for all of you. It was a big gamble. Um, I think that the reason I got it is because I was prepared I was, you know, I had gone in, I was I was prepared to do the work, let's put it that way. I right. wasn't prepared for the financial problems that were going to come down the pike. And so, you know, it was a lesson learned. It was definitely a lesson learned. I picked up my, brushed off my knees and stood back up on my feet and, and went on and became successful. But, it, you know, it's one of the reasons why I am so emphatic about small businesses not taking on debt, not not hanging themselves out like that. You know, Amazon did it. Yes, Jeff Bezos did it. He borrowed like $360,000 or something like that to start Amazon. But he wasn't profitable for like seven years. Mm, <laughs> and That's a lot and of stress. That is a tremendous amount of stress. It is a tremendous amount of stress. There are so many other ways, especially now. I mean, what worked 10 years ago does not work today. What we have learned during this last recession should be lessons that we take with us forever. And there are ways, it's something called bootstrapping. It's a a term that you will hear in the entrepreneurial world. And what it means is that you don't go into debt. You start out and you use whatever resources are available and you build on those resources and you build a strong, strong foundation of your company and you build up the revenues that way. Okay. Very clear. I love it. Well, since we're on that subject of money, I, I would like to um, go into this a little further before we go. Um, resources for funding a small business. What can you offer in terms of uh, knowledge about that? Okay, absolutely. Like I said, there's crowdfunding, which is nice because this is not a, a debt. You don't incur debt. So that's one way of doing it. But I am actually just a huge fan of taking the resources that you have and using them better. And if you have, you know, you're in a small business and you're in trouble, please feel free to reach out to me. But I also want to point again to the video series that I have on my website. This is absolutely free. It's a case study of a business who was in real trouble and how they used the resources that they already had in their company and in their neighborhood for absolutely free. There was no cash outlay for this to turn their business around. And it's not about incurring more debt. It's about doing business better. It's about doing business smarter. So what you're lo- look at your resources that you have and then say, how can I use what I have to turn that into a real revenue stream? Mm. Okay. Alexandra, do you feel – um Seeing now in my mind's eye those like American Express commercials and who's making glass objects or pottery and 
they whip out that card so fast, and oh, but she needed more product to fund her business. I, listening to you now, I kind of see how misleading that is. Am I correct in my it, perception? It, yes, it can be. Now, with, in the interest of full disclosure, when I had my interior design business, I did have a line of credit, and that was because I had to meet deadlines. So, in other words, I purchased products you know, that needed to go into manufacturing. So I bought fabrics that was going to become pillows or drapes or, um, you know, coverings for upholstery. And I bought those fabrics to get them done so that I could meet my deadline. And then 30 days later, my customers paid me. But that was with customers that I knew who were solid and I knew that that money was coming in. And so it was just to facilitate cash flow. Mm-hmm. In a situation like that, it, when you're a, a well-established business with well-established customers who are have strong uh, credibility, I, mm-hmm. I would say that that's fine. But when you're talking about starting up a business and you're going to take out a mortgage to fund the startup business, absolutely not. Do not do that. If you're thinking about using your credit card, and I hear this so many times, and you max out your credit card, to fund the startup of your business. That is a recipe for disaster. Now, let me give you a reason why. The statistic is that 80% of businesses who start up will fail within the first 18 months. The absolute nail in the coffin is the debt load that they carry. Because if you're not generating revenue within that 18 months, you cannot survive. If you have a debt load on top of that, it makes it twice as hard. So you need to, the very first thing you need to do is to look at your revenue streams. And you need to have at least four ways of making money. So if one goes down, you have three others that will cover your expenses until you're able to get that other revenue stream. And that's at a minimum. If you can do more than that, if you have additional ways of making revenue, do it. The more the merrier, the happier you're going to be. Now, how do you do that? How do you get revenue streams coming in? Very simply, you have a conversation with your customer base. Ask them what they want. You need to make sure that you're selling what your customers not want, not what you want to sell. That is a huge distinction. Oh, that's a major. That's a, that's a totally different question. What do you want? Not what what do I want to sell you? Okay. Exactly. Exactly. And I cover this in depth in the video series. And again, this is absolutely for free. Okay. What about Here's the hard part. Because I've I've started several things. How do you how do you keep going and not give up? Oh. Because there, it comes a point where, you know, I would be in, in a nine-to-five thinking about what I would be doing if I could work from home. And then I take the leap like Pearl did. I take the leap, and I, I, I was 25. I knew everything. And um, I started this little graphic design business at home. And I made some money. I really did. But then... If, because things fluctuated, and I didn't have any mentors or, or business people to turn to. Um, and then I guess I just told myself I was lonely, and I went back to a traditional job. And then you get tired of that, you know, because it basically destroys the soul, especially if you're 
I guess if you have an entrepreneurial spirit and you feel so imprisoned in a nine-to-five job and you know something, life can be better and you don't know how to get there, then perhaps this segment is something you want to listen to over and over again or share with somebody you care about. But So I did it again and I did it again, but this time I made it stick. I, I did it a lot better this time emotionally, mentally, and financially. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, so... I I don't feel that I could ever give up now. And on a personal note, I just want to say to the listeners, um, I just want to thank all my sponsors and those who have sent in donations to help keep me going because that really showed me I'm on the right track. And I so appreciated all the donations and all the, the sponsorships I've received from so many over the past year. But for someone who is maybe a, a few steps behind, how do you not, can you help us? Absolutely. One of the things that keeps people from being successful is that they give up too soon. They're almost at that spot. (laughs) And they're almost at that top of the mountain and and ready to slide down into success on the other side. But they stop too soon. And it is hard. I mean, as I was developing the Small Business Academy and developing my writing career, there were multiple times that I thought, you know, this isn't going anywhere, and I was ready to quit. But there was my dream in my head and in my heart, and I had my plan. You know, we've gone back to the reverse engineer. Your business plan is the reverse engineer of your dream, and you just follow that. And usually speaking, if something wasn't going well, it was because I needed more information. I needed a better way of of doing it, and you can find almost anything on the internet. You know, Absolutely. there's tons and tons of resources out there. So there's always that. But then there's one other aspect, and that is to be involved with a support community. So whether it is, uh, you know, locally in your chamber of commerce and other business owners, whether it's on social media with other like-minded people who are in the same industry that you are or whether it's in your place of religious practice where there are other people who can be supportive of you, we all need that little extra nudge sometimes. Now, there's one other addition that I'd like to add, and that is, and this goes back to spiritual practices within your business, within the way that you do business, and being a positive contribution to your community there is nothing that spurs me on more than to know that I've helped someone else. And if you are doing something of benefit for others in your community, even as you're starting your practice, it's going to do two things. One, it's going to build your brand. That's just a fact. And two, there, people in your community are going to see you as being something good and supportive uh, of their community, which means that they're going to want to support you back. It's called reciprocity. They're going mm-hmm. to want to give back to you, and and you will build relationships with other entrepreneurs, and you can form masterminds or just support groups or even just have friends that will help lift you up when you hit those bumps. Okay. Keep the positivity going. Keep the adrenaline flowing. Um, yes, reciprocity, that's actually a universal law. So you can trust it. Absolutely. The, the only reason I said it is universal law, law of attraction, law of creation, law of reciprocity. 
and um, you can trust these laws. So if you feed into them, you are also feeding yourself. And I think it's very important. Is there, wow. I, I had a question about your reverse engineering uh, yes. plan. Mm-hmm. I think I think a lot of us, I'll say us, expect instant gratification. I'm going to start a business, and then they think in a month, poof, you have thousands of dollars in the bank. Do you feel we should have a modest engineering plan? Like in one year, if I exceed this goal, rather than I better be here in one year, how would you advise us to approach like a one-year or a five-year plan, like give yourself mile markers or be realistic? What? Well, let me just start by saying this. Most business plans have an expiration date of six months and need to be rewritten every six months. So okay. I, would, um, I would say that you need to have an overall dream of where you want to be long-term, whether it's in your life or whether it's in your business. But... That plan and the steps that you need to take, especially if you're just starting out or you're within that 18-month baby infant stage of your business, you need to be taking small, small steps, but they need to be firmly built, absolutely firmly built, because you're building the foundation of your business and everything that is going to come after that is going to be resting on that foundation. So it absolutely has to be strong granite strong okay i love it i especially love the support community yes absolutely and 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 don't let go and i want to point out that you know from a spiritual perspective a lot of my students or uh participants in a workshop or a seminar um will ask but what will it cost me to do this if i follow my dream and my answer is always if it does not entail sacrifice and I will include what you said about going into debt to, to start something. Use, use what you have today to just begin and feed energy into that. If it doesn't entail self-sacrifice, then you can make it happen. But if there is self-sacrifice, you've got the, either the wrong mindset or you're chasing after something that will not fulfill you. So I love that your advice is a practical way of stating what I just said. Does that make sense, Alexandra? Yeah, it, I, you don't. It, it shouldn't be a place of sacrifice other than getting up off your butt. <laughs> you know, there are no excuses for success. Uh, let me give you an example. There's a, a gentleman here that lives. I'm I'm living in the Washington State area, and there's a gentleman here that I have come to know and treasure as a friend. He started his own business online. He had a child and a, a wife to to take care of, and was trying to support them and they were in just unbelievably difficult financial situations. They were on food stamps. He borrowed a, a laptop computer from the nonprofit where he was working part-time and went to the library parking lot so he could access the free Wi-Fi oh and built an online business. And he now has a beautiful home here in Washington State and has a thriving business and has five employees. That right on. A few, a, a few years ago. So that's what I'm saying is you bootstrap. You start with whatever resources are around you and you build your business. The sacrifice is getting off your butt. I think that's perfect. Yes, because when when you do that, when you have that creativity, because 
just to say, you know, God created us in his image, which means that we have the ability to create. When you have that creative energy, it attracts more, it attracts more, it attracts money, which is a neutral source looking for direction. So when you're open to being successful and being prosperous, you're setting the platform for success just in opening your heart and getting up off the couch and saying, okay, I don't know how, but I'm just going to do something, like you said. Right. And you can use whatever you have around you. You don't need to go into debt. You can generate the the income that you need by being creative, creating a product or a service that people actually want to buy. If you don't know what that is, you need to reach out and communicate with your target market. Find out what it is that they're looking for. You're looking to solve a problem. You're trying to meet an urgent need that is not currently being met by your target market. Mm. And, and then you all, over-deliver. Gotcha. And absolutely all of your books um, share strategies for funding a business yourself. So I'm sure there's a, a wealth, for lack of a better word, a wealth of information in your books to help people kind of get on the fast track and Absolutely. not have it be such a struggle and such an emotional and spiritual drain, but make it a joy. Make it like my radio show, show has been for me since before it started. It was just, I was just excited all the time. Get excited about what you want to do and it will come to you. It happens. It, it's foolproof, really. You just might have to make some adjustments. And like Alexandra said, that business plan needs to be kind of massaged every six months to make sure you're going in the direction that you're meant to go in. Alexandra, any final words you would like to leave us with? Of course, we've mentioned the free video series several times on how to get more customers and grow your business. I would like to mention the website again is alexandrad.com. Alexandra is spelled A-L-E-X-Z as in zebra, A-N-D-R-A-D.com. You can also search on Alexandra D on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Google Plus, and you will be able to connect with her. You really want people to send their questions in. You want to help, right? Absolutely. I I read everything. I respond to as many as I possibly can, as quickly as I possibly can. I use your questions for my blog posts. I, I answer them personally. And if you need some personal help, please let me know. I'm here. That's what I'm here for. That's what I do. <laughs> and mm. I'm happy to set up some time with you. Beautiful. Any last words of wisdom you want to offer before we go? Just, I think I'll just recap kind of what we went over today, if that's okay. That's you fun. can choose whatever destiny is in your heart, whatever dream you want to achieve. You're not limited by your current circumstances or your current situation. You can have whatever it is that you want. If you need further guidance for that, you can go to Choosing Your Destiny. That will guide you through that part of it. Once you begin your journey, please remember, do not take on debt. And if you're looking to build your business quickly, go to the website for free information on how to do that. I walk you through that step by step. Most importantly, remember to keep a dialogue going with your customer base. Listen to what they have to say, not only to begin your business and as you're beginning to build your business, but continually. Offer the the products and services that your customers want, not what you want to sell. And always, always remember to operate your business with integrity. Always over-deliver and under-promise and continually reach out to your community in a positive way. Make sure you're being a positive contribution to your community. Get to know who your neighbors are, whether it's online or in your, your city 
or state and go forward. Keep going. Don't give up. That came out like a prayer. That's like a prayer for business. I have had, as I anticipated, an absolutely wonderful time talking about this with you and about everything that you're offering. It's my joy to help you help others, truly. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure. Wow. Okay. Well, that's our show for today, everyone. God bless and be at peace.